I'm so uh, humbled, man, honored, really, um, to be here this morning, guys. You know, this was not in my plans at all. You know, this is not where I envision myself to be in life. <laughs> Maybe because it's my lack of vision. But um, one of the things that this morning that I want to share with you is, is really a love story. Um, and I will go back to some things in my past because it is important that we remember where we came from so that we can know where we're going. Um, but I've been in prayer, guys. I've been in prayer of how to share this message with you. So uh, this morning, we're just going to surrender it to the Lord, okay? Everything that you thought was going to happen is probably not going to happen. Everything that you wanted to see, you may not see. So let's just let's surrender this day to the Lord right now so that, so that he can do something and he can speak to you this morning. Not me. I don't want you to see me up here. I want the Lord to plant something in you this morning. So, Father, we just come to you this morning and we lay every hindrance aside. Everything that we thought that we could do by ourselves, we lay at your feet, Lord. We come before you this morning, Father, and we just ask your Holy Spirit to drench this place, Father, that it would be a residual effect in our lives, Father, that we would know your love this morning. We would know not only how much that we are supposed to love you, but how much you love us. Father, thank you for loving us Thank you for calling us out of the places that we were into the places that we will be. We bless your name in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So, you know, my parents used to get a lot of notes home when I was in school. And most of the time it would be because I was talking and see, they didn't realize one day that may actually be a gift that could be used for the glory of God. So if you are a teacher, I'm just kidding, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, It's been a great series on community that we've had here, and I've learned so much myself. You know, I don't just come here just to uh, minister to other people. I come here to get ministered to myself. And one of the things that we do and sometimes that we forget as a church is that like this isn't just like we come here. Hey, how y'all doing? Fellowship. Cool. Sunday school. That food was good. What about that worship? Yeah, Robert was our way over there. And then. (laughs) Hey, and then we leave from here and like Monday through Saturday, we forget like what we learned, what we came here for, what our purpose was in coming here this morning. Well, I feel like, and I have to explain these things to my kids sometimes too, we come every Sunday to worship the Lord, to bring him what belongs to him already, ourselves, our minds, our bodies, our hearts, our tithes and offerings, our attention. (laughs) He wants your attention this morning. You know what a a good love story has in it? It's not usually one person pursuing after the other person while the other person run. That's 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 not love. Matter of fact, that's stalking. So. But God wants you this morning. (laughs) He wants your heart. He wants all of you this morning and he's in pursuit of you. Just to touch on my past a little bit, guys, I dabbled in a whole lot of things, you know, especially when um, probably around seventh, eighth grade, I really got into rap music. And if you know the message of rap music, you will probably know that it's not the most positive influence on children, especially in like a middle school uh, developing age. 
So I took all of those things that I heard and all the friends that I had in school and I developed this identity that really didn't belong to me. It really wasn't mine. But I took it on. I was actually telling a story the other day. Um, There was an instance where I actually tested out of school. They wanted to put me in a school for like gifted kids, for the arts. Um, And my teachers were pushing because they were like, we don't want him. Like, get him out of (laughs) here. They were like, he he needs to go somewhere else. So, you know, I tested out of that place and they sent me to this other school. And I get to the other school and they're like, he's not smart enough. We don't want him. And so I was like trapped in the middle of trying to figure out who I was because I wasn't this, but I wasn't that, but I didn't know who I was. And all it took was for the enemy to take something in me, a passion and a desire and pervert it just a little bit so that I bought into the lie. I bought into the lie that selling drugs would make you cool. And I I bought into the lie that you needed to smoke weed and get drunk to relax and have a good time. Those were the types of lies that I bought into at a young age that set me on a course for destruction. I thought I knew what I was doing. I had no idea what he was doing. So around the time that I, that I moved out of my parents' house, and you ever heard that phrase, uh, kids, you probably heard this, and I'm gonna t- I can't wait to tell it to my kids. You don't like my rules, you can get out. My roof, my rules, right? Ain't that, ain't that the same? It's my roof, my rules. You here, you're going to do what I tell you to do because this is my house. I pay the bills here, not you. So I got that speech, <laughs> and I said, I don't like these rules. I'm out. And I'm going to tell you, that's a huge mistake to make. I've seen people leave here, and I, and I think this is a really good idea. I'm so glad that, that Pastor Ronnie does this. And he said, if you're going to leave, leave with a blessing. <laughs> leave with a blessing. Well, I chose to do the opposite of that. And when you don't leave with a blessing, what you end up with is a curse. So I had a curse on my life, a curse that I couldn't shake, a curse of addiction, a curse of wanting the approval of man, a curse of thinking that to be a man, you had to do this, 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 and this, and that was not what God had called me to do. So by the time I actually, you know, got out there, started living life, doing my own thing, I was a wreck. I was a wreck. And I ended up getting married to a girl who, who um, we had been off and on through high school, and right after that, you know, a little bit after my son was born, I, people started planting seeds in me about Jesus. But I thought there were seeds about church. I thought there were seeds about religion. You know, I thought there were seeds of things that I didn't need. <laughs> I didn't know there were seeds of God. I didn't know there were seeds of revelation. I didn't know that they were seeds that just needed a little bit more water, a little more cultivation, and they would actually be something. So there's people pouring into my life. I'm at work. I'm, I'm acting a fool, I'm doing things that, I, that, you know, if you didn't get fired for, you sure should have been locked up for. Um, so when you're doing all of that, and, and Christians, you know, 
I don't know if you guys do this. Sometimes I do. Is I will look at somebody that's acting in that way, and I go, they should know better. <laughs> Can you believe them? You know what they're doing. But you know what? They don't know better. They really don't. They wish they knew better. They wish somebody would tell them better, and it could be you. One of the interesting things that I find is that in a love story, (laughs) everybody want to be loved, right? Does everybody want to be loved? Does everybody want to feel loved? You want to feel like you belong to something? You want to feel accepted? You want to feel approved of? You want to feel worthy, right? I think that's universal. I think everybody agrees that, that, no, except for that one guy back there. He don't want to be, he don't want to be loved. I was that guy that didn't want to be loved. I didn't want your love. I don't want your advice. You think that's going to be the uh, solution to my problem? I don't want it. How you like that? I don't care if I die. How you like that? I'm going to hell? Cool. Everybody's going to be there anyway. You ever try to minister to somebody that says that? Aren't you afraid of going to hell? No, I ain't scared. You should be scared. (laughs) You should be scared. If I knew what I knew about hell now, then I would have been scared. But I chose not to know. That's what you do. We have a Bible at our, at our fingertips. Everybody got it. You can either get it on your phone. It's available to you. There's probably 10 of them in the lost and found right now. People don't even know they lost them. But they in there. If you need one, I just go get it. <laughs> But we have these words just available to us, and it's not just any word. It's not just a man's approval, but it's God's approval of you. It's God's approval saying you are good enough, saying you are worthy. I do have a plan for you. Don't mess around over there. I got something better for you. You think that you know the answer. Are you living according to my standard? Are you following the order of things that I've laid out for you? You know, he's a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order and establishment. And it's hard for me to get with that because I'm really outside of that. I really just like to go with the flow. I don't like all that, you know, rules and regulations and must do this and 30 miles an hour. And you know what I mean? Some people know what I'm talking about. They, they there too. You know what I mean? You like, eh, little. Your foot a little heavy too. And the thing about it is, is that he does all that stuff to protect us. He does all that stuff for my benefit. He sent prophets to the people for my benefit, people had to die. People were crucified, sawn asunder for my benefit. <laughs> for my benefit. They made mistakes that I don't have to make. I want to be, be wise, y'all. You know what wise is? Wise is learning from other people's mistakes. That's what being wise is all about. So uh, what does living drenched mean? Um, and you know that is our that's our slogan here at Springhouse: live drenched. And some people think that just means to get wet. You know, I got baptized and I'm done. Live drenched. Uh, 
It, ba- baptism is like the very beginning. It's the very beginning of your journey with the Lord. You're not done. You're not finished. It's not, the deal is not sealed now. What that means is that you are now ready <laughs> to start a new life. You're ready to start a new life. And I remember when I got baptized, I felt I had so much sins on me. I had so much dirt and stuff clinging to me and underneath my fingernails. And I couldn't get it. I probably behind my ears, too. And I couldn't get all this stuff off. And I said, man, there's something. There's got to be something. I need a do over. I need a restart. I need to be. I need. Can I please do something? Be baptized for the remission of your sins. And arise in a new life with Christ. So you mean to tell me he going to let me start over? He going to forget all the stuff that I did? You mean I'm not held responsible for all those mistakes that I made? I get a second chance? Y'all, if that ain't good news, I don't know what is. See, that's the thing. When Jesus came and he said, this is the gospel, this is the good news, the kingdom is here, it's in your midst, it's among you, it's within you, you are able to take hold of it, you can start over. Everything that you knew that you thought you knew, you really don't know. See, there's something more than what you thought you knew, and that more is what I've brought to you. Do you want the more? I want the more. I remember when I was seeking truth. And see, you'll notice there's a bunch of people. Uh, I, I read on Facebook the other day. Be careful reading on Facebook. And then be careful starting a sentence with I read on Facebook the other day. But <laughs> I read on Facebook the other day. <laughs> Somebody had posted up, and everybody got one of these friends, I think. Um, everything is a conspiracy. You know, everything is a cover-up, you know what I mean? And, and, and some of that stuff, and it said conspiracy theory, because I won't believe the lies that liars tell me. And I thought, wow, that is a really interesting perspective about a conspiracy, because you remember, they tried to conspire against Jesus. <laughs> you remember that? They tried to lie and say that the disciples came and stole his body. But that wasn't the truth. The truth was, was that he resurrected, and that's what gives us our hope. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that amidst all the lies and all the confusion and all the clouds and all the junk and all the extra information and all the papers you got in your mailbox that you don't look at, there really is truth out there, and it's found in Jesus Christ. He wants to reveal it to you if you're not too preoccupied with other things. He wants to reveal it to you if you care enough to press into it. It's there and it's available to us, y'all. Do you want it? You don't want it, you want it. You want it in a minute, hold on. Living drenched to me is living a life of love and filled with being God's grace and God's mercy to others. You know, sinners usually know that they are in sin. They usually already know that. So you calling them a sinner doesn't really help the situation. What helps the situation is when you go to them and you say, I know, hey, I know I love you anyway. 
I love you anyway. Some of the most powerful words in the world are I love you. Very powerful words, I love you. (laughs) And when you tell somebody that feels unworthy and feels like they don't deserve love, that you love them, that is the light of Christ. That is being salt in the earth. Don't we sing that? We want to be that, right? I want to be that. But love is a confusing thing. Because if you're in the world and you don't know love as God knows it, because he is love, then you will have a, um, you'll have what's like a, a misalignment. You'll either be, you'll either romanticize love too much and make it into something that is really not, or you will think that it's something that's less than worthy of what God says that it is. When I was a single man and, and not necessarily looking for anybody, but knowing that I was going to need help eventually raising my kids, um, one of the things that God was working on me is knowing what real love is. Because when you're a single person, you look at somebody else like they're going to be the answer to your prayer. You look at somebody else like, oh, this is going to be my fulfillment. Now everything's going to be okay. I can go back to school. They can do the dishes. You know what I mean? So you think that that person... You know, you think that they the other side. This is what I've been missing my whole life. And what God is trying to do with you in your single of of seasonness, in your season of singleness, is that he is trying to equip you so that you will be able to serve your spouse. You know, I love my wife. And one of the things, we just talking about this Valentine's Day, you know, when we first met each other. And, um... She said, you don't remember when we first met? I said, yeah, I think I do. You just tell me so I'll tell you if it was right, you know? <laughs> and um, so, <laughs> so she said that she had come in one morning, and I was standing uh, by the doors, opening the doors. And she come in, and I said, hey, welcome to Springhouse. And I said, I bet in your mind you heard, welcome to my world. And she, <laughs> she said, yeah, that's what <laughs> but you know what's cool like we, we, we so began our relationship as friends and it's an important thing to do that because when you get to know somebody and spend time with them as a friend if you end up and that's not the person that you need to marry it's okay you can still be friends there ain't no messy breakup there ain't no I can't go to the same church as you no more because we were just friends and so I mean you know a lot of people y'all just got married quick Not really. You know, we had known each other for a while and we continue to know each other. You know, we continue to learn things about each other. My wife has high expectations, y'all. She has high expectations. And I'm saying that and some people laugh like it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. A lot of young ladies are being raised up these days with low to no expectations. And so when she has high expectations, it's not of me. It's of her father in heaven that he will provide for her through me. That I will listen to his voice and lead her in the place that we need to go. She has faith in him. Her faith is in the Lord. So it's a good thing to have high expectations. Our first Valentine's Day, uh, we went to Dollar, uh, Dollar Tree. And I said, here, let me get your card, girl. And, you know, and I went in... <laughs> 
went in Dollar Tree and picked it out. And, you know, she was right there with me. So I said, hey, look, here's your card. And uh, she looked at it and she was like, all right. I said, now let me put that back. We ain't buying it. I'm just telling you, that's how I feel about you. And, you know, this car says it all. I said, now you go pick me out one. And she was like, so Valentine's Day, this is like the day before Valentine's, you know. And I was serious. It was really my card. So Valentine's comes, she didn't get no card. And she's like, I didn't get no card. I said, yeah, you did yesterday, Dollar Tree. You don't remember that? Girl, something wrong with your memory. What's going on? We were just at Dollar Tree. And she's like, you were serious. That was really it. And I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> so this year, <laughs> she got that handwritten letter. You know what I mean? And see, don't get it confused, because sometimes when you, see, when you see people have something or when they post something on Facebook and you call it sappy and all of that, look, them, uh, them strawberries don't chocolate dip themselves, okay? <laughs> it really is work, you know? It re- <laughs> It really is worth celebrating that love. You know what I mean? So she has, so she kind of changed my perspective on it a little bit because, you know, I'm like, Valentine's, man, ain't they like made up by like Hallmark and the candy companies and Tom's Florist? Like, don't, ain't they the ones that made up Valentine's Day so, so they can all make money on me? And she was like, no, it's a celebration. Of, it's like, it's a day to celebrate love. Like, it's a, it's a day to celebrate love. Okay, well, cool. Well, let's, let's do that. And, man, guys, I tried everything I could. I really did. I tried to make the day all for her because the thing is, is that the better that I serve her, the better she can serve me. And if we are serving each other, then we can serve the Lord together and everybody be blessed. Everybody can be blessed. You ever seen that model? There's a model, a little triangle. And it got God at the top, and got the husband, and got the wife on two sides. And the closer that you get to him, the closer that you get to each other. It's real. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I used to see that thing. Man, I'm a little diagram. It ain't like that. I'm going to tell you, that is real. It's just like that. The closer that I get to him, the closer I get to her. The closer she gets to him, the closer she gets to me. The closer we get to knowing each other's hearts and being able to communicate uh, there's a book uh, about the five love languages. And I didn't discover that until we got into an argument. But there is a book. <clears throat> there is a book. And I'm going to tell you. And it's good. You know what? If you're in this room and you're in a relationship or ever been in a relationship, I'm talking about a relationship with your parents, anybody, uh, co-worker, you're going to not agree on something at some point in time. You are not going to see eye to eye. Most of the time it's going to be because somebody didn't communicate very well their feelings on the situation. So it's a lot about communication. It's a lot about expressing yourself and, and not, you know, not just glazing over those types of things, but really addressing them and talking about them. Um, but if you're not aware of those, uh, the five love language, their gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch and quality time. Um, now, my wife is more of a gifts and quality time type of person. That's just her predominant one. Everybody has a little bit of all of them, right? Those, those are predominantly hers. Mine is predominantly acts of service. Acts of service is huge for me. You Acts of service, that makes me feel like I'm loved. You cook me breakfast, girl, I love you. <laughs> Whew. 
It's like, that's like her way of saying, I love you to me in my mind. To her, it may not really even be that, but to me, that's how I receive love. You got to know how you offer and receive love. That's very important in your life because if you don't know how you offer it or how you receive it, then we're going to get crossways on our communication. So I had to realize, I had to explain to her, this is how I feel love. Now, how do you feel love? Well, this and this and this. Oh, okay. So when I wash the dishes, that's not telling you I love you? Because see, that I thought meant I love you because I'm an acts of service type of person. And if she did that for me, then I would take that as that she loved me. But if I do that for her, that's just a chore that needs to be done. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So there's actually, you just got to figure it out. You got to know that person. Okay, so now let me, let me take you to a little relationship that we have with the Lord. And there's something that you are supposed to offer your love to him. There's a certain kind of way that he wants you to offer your love to him. And there's a way that he receives your love. A lot of people in here have different giftings and talents and abilities, and they offer those things up to the Lord as a sacrifice. They offer them up to him. If that's your ability, the dancers that come down here and they offer that unto the Lord, that's part of their offering. And you in your workplace, just like what uh, Steve was talking about, when you go out into your workplace, you can actually make that an offering unto the Lord. You really can. In, in your service, in your duty, and how you perform it, you can actually offer that unto the Lord as your worship. Like, this is my, God, this is your day. I do it for you anyway. But I think the Lord, and, and, and this is just me because I see how, he, how the things that he says in the scripture that we should do, especially when it comes to love, is that he said, you know, those who love me obey my commands. So love is not just an emotional thing. It's not just a, ooh, it makes me feel, ooh, roses, yes. <laughs> Chocolate, that's love. That's what the world says is love, okay? The world says love is chocolate and roses. Roses die and chocolate makes you fat. <laughs> so if that's what you want love to be, then go be my guest. But now, that's actually good chocolate for you. I mean, it's 80% cocoa content or something. Um, <clears throat> you get that when you're good. Just don't get that stuff that's price marked down at Dollar Tree. See, that's not love. I'm telling you, somebody going to get sick. Somebody going to get sick, man. If it's less than a dollar at Dollar Tree, it just ain't good. Um, but I think the way, I think one of the ways that we offer our love to the Lord is that we do the things that he commanded us to do. We go out, we take care of the orphans and the widows, and we, uh, we feed the homeless, and we clothe the naked, and we, we take these people in, and we go out to them. And there's two different, there's two different scenarios there of, of how you do those things, but whatever you are doing, whatever you're called to, whether it's in this house or outside of this house, on a street corner or in another ministry, That's what you're supposed to do is your act of service unto the Lord to show him your love. That's just one of the ways. One way. He's a quality time type of guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) He wants you to spend time with him. Uh, The Lord gave me a a little refresher this last week. And sometimes I'll just be right, you know, 
walking by a fridge or whatever, and there's a little list where you, like, you know, write what you need up there. And sometimes I just don't have no paper or pen. I'll just be walking by, and i just write something that the Lord gives me real quick, you know, chicken scratch. And I forgot that it was there. And yesterday morning when I walked by there, and it said, God doesn't ask you to understand him. He only asks you to know him. And I think a lot of people get hung up on the fact that they don't understand how God operates and they don't get it. But you don't have to get it. All you have to do is know him and know his character. See, because in his character, he loves you so much that he will sacrifice his son. I don't get it. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense to me why, I, why he would consider me any better than his own son. But his own son came to die and take my sins on him so that I could enter into the presence of God. It doesn't make sense, and it won't. That's the type of love that he has for you. It's not a human type of love. You won't understand this type of love. It's so unconditional, it passes unconditional. He has a love for you, and all he wants you to do is receive it. It's a free gift, y'all. Anybody want a free gift? I do. I love free gifts. But you know that. Man, talk about love will make you crazy, and then I'm going to try to get... Okay, yeah, I got time for this. Uh, I remember when I first came to the Lord, you know, they said, man, this guy went crazy. This guy is like Jesus nutcase now, you know what I mean? Like, he was doing all this, 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 and this. Used to be talking about all these things. Now he's talking about this. He was talking about going to the club. Now he's trying to get me to go to church. I don't know what he want me to do, you know? But that's one of the things that, that love will do to you. Love will make you crazy. You will do crazy things for love. You will get out of the bed at 11 p.m. and go ride a Ferris wheel with somebody that you barely know for love. You do that. Do that type of stuff. <laughs> You'll do that type of stuff for love. And if you knew how much the Lord loved you, you would do some crazy things for him. What the world would call crazy, going to Africa, oh, that's crazy. Oh, you want to oh, go on a mission field? That doesn't make sense. You're going to sell everything that you got so you can go give something to somebody else and not charge them? It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's such a good crazy we need that good crazy in our world, y'all. This world is like dying to know him. They, like, they just wish they had a glimpse of him out here. They just wish there was like a little light in the darkness so that they could have something to hold on to till next week. That's how they getting by. Believe me, I know I was there. They just want a little speck of hope, and you could be that hope. Your light and your love could be Jesus to them that haven't seen him yet. So I have a little, uh, a little spoken word, and then we're going to, um, if I can get the worship team. I started writing this for my wife, and then I realized, this ain't for you. It's for somebody else. <laughs> she got one. She got one, y'all. She got one. <laughs> Love, 
What is love? Love is more than a four-letter word with one syllable. It's so simple, in fact, to say that many say it without practicing the principle. I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. They say all's fair in love and war, but that statement hardly seems palatable. It's unfathomable that love would not be self-seeking, self-promoting, self-centered, or selfish, but selfless. Because in our flesh, that's unimaginable. You know what kind of force love is? It's like snow melting on mountain peaks, creating a small trickle that turns into a stream, that turns into a rushing river that devours the land, creating first a spring, a crack, a crevice, a gorge, and then widening to a ravine. And you and I will be trapped on opposite sides of this great divide, if not for the bridge of love. Mother Teresa said, if you judge people, you will have no time to love them. St. Francis pleaded with the Lord, where there is hate, allow me to sow love. Dr. King said, hate cannot drive out hate, for only love can do that. Love then must have some power beyond its words. And here's proof. Jesus said, let us love not only in word, but in deed and in truth. If you need that, If you need that God-shaped hole that's inside your heart to be filled up with Jesus this morning, today's your opportunity. Maybe Valentine's Day left you a little bit jaded. Maybe you felt like you did everything that you were supposed to do and that love that you were looking for, you still didn't find. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning, he is a lover of your soul. And he is here and he is accessible and he is available. He makes himself available to you anytime that you call on him. All who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. So if I could get some uh, prayer warriors this morning. And, and if you need that, just stand with us as we worship this morning. And if you need prayer, please don't be afraid to come down. I can tell you from experience, I was sitting in the back. And I waited week upon week upon week before I would get up the nerve to come down here and tell somebody what I was feeling in my heart. Today is the day. Today is the day of your salvation if you'll accept it. I fix my eyes on
your blessing this morning. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you this week with the light and the love to express to others how much he means to you. May you have the ability this week to love others as you love yourself. May you have the ability this week to focus on those things that are good and call them out of other people, to be a listening ear, to be a shoulder to cry on, to be a confidant, to be somebody's help in time of need because they need to see Jesus in you. Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask the blessing for this people in Jesus' name. Amen.